I need Jesus, amen? I need him desperately every day that I live and breathe, walking and moving about in this present world, I need uh, Jesus. Uh, today I want to talk about a present need in our lives, and that need is Jesus, and it's a, a few other things. Not only do we need Jesus, but there's a few other things that we need the expression of in our everyday life. And I want to share with you out of Ephesians chapter 1 this morning, uh, verses 15 through 19. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 19. As we think about a present need, you can think about some present needs that you have in your life. Maybe for hope and peace and maybe finances and maybe for just comfort and maybe for healing and maybe just for enjoyment in life. You can think about some present needs. I can think about present needs I have in my life. And I remember back to when I was first saved, a present need that I needed in my life was to know God. I needed to know God in his intimate ways and his, his love and his forgiveness. I needed uh, to know that. And so in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, we're going to be speaking about the church at Ephesus today. And let me just share with you, Paul spent three years in Ephesus loving and, and talking and preaching and, and teaching the Word of God. So look with me in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 15 through 19. The Apostle Paul says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, I never stopped giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the glorious riches of His inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His vast strength? Dear Jesus, I pray as I pause and meditate on your word and the scripture this morning, I pray, God, that you would be the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. God, help me to deliver this message as precisely as the scripture says it, Lord God. And Father, we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Paul has just declared the eternal plan of God in all the world. It is crucial that we come to know the God of the plan in the most personal and intimate ways. God has a plan for each and every one of us, and that plan is to live for him and to trust him and to have love and faith in him. And the first fill in the blank this morning is love and faith. Love and faith. We need to have love and faith and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is not something that we can just mock up, not something that we can just work up. It is something that only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The knowledge of God is essential for us to grow in the Word of God. I heard Brother Bill Britt, a, a, an evangelist that's going to be with us in just two weeks, I heard Brother Bill say this, it's time that we get off the Similac and get on the Big Mac. It's time that we get off the milk of the Word and get on the meat of the Word of God. The basis of knowing God is to love and have faith in Him. The God has sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we could have everlasting life, our eternal life. So it's important, church, that we understand that we're not just saved to follow Jesus, but we are saved to have love and faith in Him. 
I can remember years ago that I was having difficulty loving someone in a church. I was pastoring, and it, it was a, a difficult situation, but I grew to love this individual. It took time and prayer. It took dedication, and it took spending time listening to this individual, listening to this individual. And as I listened to this individual share his faith and share his love and share his dedication of what God had done with him and what God had done through him, I began to love this individual. And I began to trust him and have faith in what he said would be true. Paul spent some three years again in Ephesus declaring the word of God, declaring the love of God, declaring the faith of God. The Ephesian church had a strong uh, testimony, a testimony so strong that it was being buzzed about all over the world. It was being buzzed about all over the world. I don't know about you, but I want New Bethlehem Baptist Church to be buzzed about in this community. I want each one of us to be buzzed about in this community. I want people to know that we are born-again Christians, that we love God, and that we have a love for others and faith in Jesus Christ. That is my desire. Their testimony was so strong that it reached the ears of Paul that the church had a strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a strong love uh, for the saints. You know what makes a church a church? Love. Love for Jesus and love for others. I think about the little word joy, J-O-Y, and break it down like this, J, Jesus, O others, and why yourselves. If we keep that perspective in life, if we keep that a present need in our lives, and we will begin to love and have faith, not only in Jesus Christ, but we will begin to love and have faith and trust in one another. He had heard about their loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ for carrying the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world. He heard that they were daily ministering to the needs of others. Dear church, let me say this this morning. What makes us born-again believers is not just loving Jesus, but ministering uh, to one another. It excites me when I walk into church and I see you loving on somebody. I see you talking to someone. When I'm out in the community and I, I get a phone call and someone says, Pastor, we need to love on this individual. I want to love on them. How can I love on them? How can I help them? That blesses my heart. And so that happens quite frequently uh, throughout the week. And so I'm just blessed when I see and when I hear of our church family loving on others. Not only are we to love on others, but we are to love on those who are lost. We are to love on those who lost. We are to love them enough to tell them about Jesus Christ. That is the greatest commandment that we have. That is the greatest mission. That is the greatest mandate that we have. It's to tell others about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God says in the book of Romans that he wished that none should perish, but that all should come to salvation. For, no, for none righteous, there is none righteous, no, not one. We are all saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul knew that the Christian life was not about setting still in our faith. And I want to camp out here for uh, just a moment. The Christian life that we live, it's about action. It's an active word. It's an, an action word. It's about doing what God has called us to do. It's about sharing our faith with others. It's about helping one another. It's about doing what God has called us uh, to do. It's not just about sitting still. I heard someone say this, that I was going to sit soaking sour in my pew. Well, dear sir, dear ma'am, if you sit soaking sour in your pew, you will go to heaven without any rewards 
uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus says in his word, we don't work for salvation, but we work because of salvation. So we are to work our, our, our lives, are to be faithful and uh, fruitful and not barren and desolate before the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul knew the Christian life was not about setting still, but that our faith must be active as a child of the most high God. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. I'm favored and highly blessed because I'm a child of the king. And I may not have everything that I want, but I have everything I need. I have the present needs of my life because I have Jesus and I have my family and I have the church and I have love and faith in Jesus Christ and love for others. And so I am truly blessed today and we are truly blessed in Jesus Christ because we have these present uh, things in our lives. We know that as believers... Uh, we must grow or else we will slip away or we will slip uh, backward. I, I know through the course of the ministry uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ that I've met many individuals that have not been faithful to the house of God, not been faithful to the things of God, not been faithful to God himself, and they've slipped away and they've gone away. They've departed from the faith in Jesus Christ. I know of uh, two pastors that were dear friends of mine that have now left the faith and uh, searching and seeking other things of the world. Not that they've left Jesus, but they left the faith. They left the church and they left the body of Christ and they left the work of God. And so now they're just kind of existing. They're kind of just working every day and doing what they uh, desire to do. And dear church, let me say this. We are not born to fend for ourselves. We are not born to fend for ourselves. We are born so that Jesus can love us so that Jesus can provide for us, so that Jesus one day will see us in heaven. And not only does he see us in heaven, but he sees us here on earth today, and he's watching us, and he's watching what we're doing. He's watching what we say. He's watching where we go. He's watching what we do or do not uh, do. The Apostle Paul wanted the believers at Ephesus to grow in the blessings uh, from the Father. And so, and their strong faith and their strong love, they said to the Apostle Paul, we want to be about the work of the kingdom of God. We want to be about loving others and having faith in Jesus Christ and trusting others. Number two, fill in the blank, is this. Knowledge of God. Not only do we need love and faith in God, but we need the knowledge of God to help us love and trust others, to help us to abide in the work of God and the will of God, to help us to do what God has called us to do our great need is to grow in knowledge of God. The God we are to know is clearly identifiable to everyone in the Word of God. This Bible not only contains the Word of God, but it is God. For John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word of God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, therefore, this is the Word of God, and it is the Word of God for us uh, today. There is no question who God is. There's no question who God is in my mind and in my life. And in the Word of God, as we read the Scriptures, the Scripture tells us to love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. We are to love others as ourself. We are to love Him and to have faith in Him. We are to have knowledge in Him. He is not the God of our hands and our mind and our thoughts. He is the God of the Bible. And that supersedes any other so-called God in this present uh, world that we live in, in this present age. In the country of India, they worship a lot of things. I've been there several times in, in ministry in past years, and 
And in India, we went there in uh, 2000 to rebuild some homes uh, that were destroyed by earthquakes. And we were in a little village of Sugaria, and the population was about 1,400 individuals. And 1,400 individuals lost their homes. And so we were there with the International Mission Board to rebuild these homes. And so when we got there, they didn't have any materials. And so we had to order the materials and get them delivered and get them stashed out and staked out where they needed to be. And then we began to build the forms, uh, the form boards for the concrete so that we could pour the concrete in. Let me say, we couldn't call uh, ready mix. We couldn't call uh, Delta Concrete. We couldn't just call a concrete truck uh, to come and mix the concrete. We mixed the concrete on sheets of plywood with shovels and hose. And we mixed that concrete, and we would pour it in that form board, and those people would watch us. The translator asked us, why are we doing what we are doing? Why would we give up two weeks of our life to go to India and rebuild homes for people that we did not even know, for languages that we could not even speak? And so I began to tell the translator that we are here because of the love and the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, because of the knowledge uh, that we have in God. And as we built those homes, we dedicated those homes. The homes were 20 by 20 Four or five people would live in those homes, and it would be a, basically a one-room uh, building with a bathroom. And so they had their kitchen and dining room and living room all in one room, and then a bathroom. And it was 20 by 20, so you can imagine a small house for those people. But it was more than what they had had uh, before. And so as we built these homes and dedicated to them to the Lord, they began to trust us. They began to love us. They began to have faith in us that we would do what we said we would do. After the end of the project was over, after we left and others had come behind us and did work, they built 214 homes in just about seven months. They're still building over there in the country of India and those houses and those villages where that earthquake occurred. But what I want you to know is we knew them because we loved them. We know God because we love him. We know him because we serve him. The God whom Jesus Christ came to reveal on earth. There is no other God. In the country of India, they worship everything. They worship the cobra. They worship the grass. They worship the water. They worship the moon and the sun and the stars and the air and the wind. They worship anything and everything. They believe in reincarnation. I, I suffered uh, while I was there because I could not eat beef. I was told that it would be better for me to kill an individual than to kill a cow. They told me I would be put in prison for killing their ancestors. So I suffered because of lack of beef, but I, I'm not in need today. I promise you I made up for that through the course uh, of the years. But I want you to know, if we are to really know God, we must come to know Jesus Christ. The Word of God says the only way to the Father is through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to repent of our sin and confess him as Lord and accept him into our lives and let him control us. Let him give us the love and the faith to trust him and to know him. The God we are to know is the Father of glory, the one and only true and living God. The sovereign Lord of the majesty of the universe is God uh, the Father. There's a couple of words that I want to share with you. You may have heard of these words or you may not have heard of these words, but there's two words I want to share with you. The word is omnipotent, 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 all-powerful. 
He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Satan has no control over him, no reign over him. God has control over Satan. He may be the prince of the power of the air, but he is not the ruler of the universe. He is not the ruler of the universe. The other word is omnipresent. Omnipresent. He is present everywhere. Jesus is present with us here today. Jesus is present with you when you get in your car and drive to work. Jesus is present with you when you go home and lay your head down at night. Jesus is present with you in that conversation at work. Jesus is present with you everywhere you go and whatever you do. Jesus is present with you. Number three, I don't have a number three out on that outline, but just write this down. Power of God. The scripture says, look with me again right here. The scripture says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. In verse 18, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? His power to us who believe and according to the working of his vast strength. His power as born again believers, as, uh, as the present need is in our life. We need the power of God. We need the dunamis of God. We need the dynamite of God working in our lives to lead us into everlasting truth, to give us the knowledge of right and wrong, to give us the understanding of God's word. We need the power of God. We sang the song, There's Power in the Blood. There's wonderful power in the blood. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have the remission of sin. We have the forgiveness of sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have uh, peace and joy and gentleness and kindness and meekness and temperance and faith. We have those things because of the blood of Jesus, what Jesus did for you and what Jesus did for me. I believe I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. We owed a debt that we could not pay, but Christ Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. Not only do we see the love and faith of God that we need in our lives, but we need the, the presence of God in our life. We need the power of God in our lives. We need the provision of God in our lives. We need the, the fellowship with God in our lives. At the bottom of your outline, I want to give you uh, three things this morning uh, to share with you about a spirit of or a spirit that. The first one is a spirit that reaches out and grasps after the wisdom of God. I've been saved for many years now, but I haven't been a disciple of Jesus, but probably for the last uh, maybe 22 uh, years. And there's still things that I do not know about God. There's still things that I do not understand about a God. There's still things and mysteries and, and, and marvelous wonders that I do not know about God. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. There are mysteries that we will not understand until we see Jesus or see God uh, face to face. There are mysteries that we will not understand until we see God uh, face to face. And so there are many mysteries that we must reach out and grasp God's wisdom. And the scripture says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give him wisdom liberally. He will not hold it back. He will not retain it from us. He will not keep it from us. He will give us the wisdom that we have need of at the proper time as we seek out and reach out. Not only do we see a, a reaching out 
uh, and grasping after the wisdom of God, but we see a spirit that hungers, a spirit that hungers and thirsts after the wisdom of God. I don't know about you, but I, I'm hungry right now. I didn't eat breakfast, but I know there's a meal after service today. I'm hungry. But I want you to know more than physical food, I'm hungry for. I'm hungry for God's Spirit. I'm hungry for revival. I'm hunger, hungry for the wisdom of God. I'm hungry for the Word of God. I'm hungry for the things of God in this present world that we live in. Our present need is to be reaching out for God's wisdom. Our present need is to be hungering for and thirsting after the things of God. And then thirdly, a spirit that seeks after wisdom. A spirit that seeks after wisdom. The Bible teaches that the Spirit of God will not always strive with man for salvation. Will not always strive with man for repentance of sin. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit God comes upon us, we are to repent of our sin and get right with God. Not only are we to reach out and grasp the wisdom of God, not only are we to hunger and thirst after his wisdom, but we are to seek after his wisdom. The Word of God says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things that I just mentioned, the wisdom of God, hungering and thirsting after God, seeking after God, all these things will be added unto us. I don't have a list today, but I have it at home of how much time we spend in a 24-hour day watching TV. How much time in a 24-hour day we spend sleeping? How much time in a 24-hour day we spend listening to the radio? How much time we spend in a 24-hour day on social media? How much time we spend doing whatever it is we desire to do, but where's the room for God? Where do we spend time with God? Our present to spend time with the Holy God, before God, with the Bible, the Word of God, and in prayer, seeking after the wisdom of God. Wisdom means knowing what something is. What is behind that something and what can be done. It is knowing how to use or to relate to something. There are things in my life I cannot relate to because I haven't been through those things. But there are things in my life that you cannot relate to because you have not been through those things that I've been through. And so we're two of the same. But knowing and understanding and doing is so different we are to know what something is. We are to know what is behind that thing, and we are to know what can be done. It is knowing how to use or to relate to something. Therefore, spiritual wisdom is knowing who God is and how to relate to him, the truth and how to use it, what to do and how to do it, how to live and how to be a fruitful life bearer, how to be a fruitful life bearer. The Word of God says that we all are like trees. We are all like vines. We are all like branches. We are all like these uh, frugal things or these uh, minuscule things. We are all decaying. We are all withering. We are all going uh, to die. And while we are living, while we are breathing, we are to bear fruit. We are to do the work of God. We are to love God. We are to have faith in God. We are to know God and the power and presence of his resurrection. Wisdom is different from knowledge. Knowledge is a grasping of facts, but grasping of facts is not enough. Today, I can come and teach facts, and I am teaching facts, the Word of God. There's no greater facts than the facts of the Word of God. And so I teach those things, but this is not enough. 
We must walk in it. We must live in it. We must desire to be who God has called us to be. That is why I so desire revival. I need revival, church. I need a power working of the Holy Spirit of God in my life to eradicate sin, to bring me back to the right relationship that I need to be in with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I need to do what God has called me to do, not just seeking and knowing knowledge, but knowing and seeking wisdom from God. As Christians, we need to know how to use the facts that God has given us. Lastly, we simply don't need to know about Jesus. We need to know him through a personal relationship. We need to know Jesus through a personal relationship. You know how we get to know somebody? Brother Larry, I love you and I appreciate you, Brother Larry. I want you to know you bless me as you teach and as you serve in our church. We get to know people by spending time with people. We get to know and understand people by by spending quality time, not just, uh, not just listening, but uh, talking and encouraging and evaluating. And, and the experience that we have with other people will be with us the rest of our lives. It will help us to uh, be who God has called us to be. We are to build that personal relationship, not just with individuals, but with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do for you and I? The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. God the Son uh, shed his blood so that we could have everlasting life. And God the Father created us in the very image of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are created in the image of God, the Bible says. And so therefore, we are human, but we are spirit also. We are God and we are man. Both. We are both. And so we are not little gods. We are not God the Father, but are in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the image of God the Father, the Word of God says. So therefore, we are to live out our life with love, faith, and knowledge in God. Church, I don't know about you today, but I'm looking forward to our revival meeting on the 16th. I'm looking forward to Brother Bill Britt coming and divide, uh, uh, giving us the Word of God, dividing as God leads him the Word of God and sharing the, sp the spiritual principles with us so that we can be blessed and so that we can be encouraged, and most of all, so we can be convicted of where we are in our present uh, life right now. And so I'm looking forward to that, and I want to encourage you, don't miss a day. Don't miss a day of that revival meeting. Don't miss one meeting that we have uh, through those uh, four days that we'll be meeting uh, together. But let me say this morning, I don't know about you, but i say it again. I need Jesus. I need God to do something in my work. As your pastor, I'm frail, and I'm feeble, and I'm sinful, and I'm wicked. But I'm not the only one. We all are. If the truth be known, we are all wicked. We are all undone. We are all fragile. And we are all needing Jesus in our lives. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, if you're looking forward to the revival, you're looking forward to having Jesus do something in your life, know that Jesus wants to. And the way that we are clean and pure before the Lord is we confess our sin. And I believe this is ultimately our present need. Sure, we need love and faith and we need knowledge. But as a people, 
as Christians, we need forgiveness of sin. The Word of God says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is righteous, there is none righteous, no, not one. Today, I just want us to think for just a moment about our lives. I want us to think about our situation and our present needs. There's no greater need than the need for Jesus. There's no greater love than the love for Jesus. There's no greater faith than faith in Jesus. There's no greater knowledge that we can have than the knowledge of God. Today, I want you to just repent of your sin and be right with the Lord. Maybe today you need to be saved. You can come and I'll take the word of God and others can take the word of God and share with you how that you can have eternal life, how that you can have forgiveness of sin, how that you can have that love and faith and knowledge in God. Today, would you pray with me as we obey God? Dear Jesus, today we love you and thank you for this day. We thank you for the word of God that is convicting and is challenging and is comforting as well. We thank you for love and faith and knowledge in you, God. We thank you that we can have that personal relationship as we spend time with you, getting to know you and getting to love you. Father, today, speak to our hearts. Speak to my heart. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Church, let's obey God today as we hear the music playing. Let's just focus on Jesus, our present need today. Let's do that for just a few moments, and you obey God as he speaks to you.